0: Say
1: your
0: name and what you do. Chris Velosky and I own a business. <laughs> Hi, my name is Marissa Kelly and I also own a business. This is the Business AF podcast, where it's all business most of the time. So I want to welcome today's guest, uh, Suzanne johnson from grace coaching hi suzanne thank you for wearing our brand color
2: oh yeah i do that on purpose
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah so why don't you tell us what you do
2: uh so i am a personal financial coach and i help uh individuals couples and families build good financial habits so they can experience a more stable future and carefree life awesome
1: okay well suzanne what's uh what's your background in
2: my background is actually in sports management and commercial real estate Um, I got into this particular field because I was one of those people who came out of school with student loan debt and some credit card debt, and I wanted to make that go away. And uh, this program I'm certified through is the same program that I went through uh, all the classes, got my own coach, and I was able to pay off almost $90,000 in debt in less than four years. Uh, With some of the people coming out of school these days, it's six figures of student loan debt, so even $90,000 seems like a lot of money. Um, so I now do this full time, so I can share what I've learned and what I've experienced with other people.
1: Okay, perfect. So you, so you're speaking from your own experiences, pretty much. Absolutely. That's that's I think that's one of the best ways to um, pass information down, right? It's when you've gone through it yourself, because then this way you know it's like a working product.
2: Yes, exactly. It's not just something. You know, uh, uh, something I picked up off the shelf and said, "Oh, this looks like a good thing to go sell." It's something that I've experienced and used myself.
1: Right, right. Um, so, why did you go through this program? Was it because you're having trouble saving or paying your student loan?
2: Yeah, I felt like I was kind of in the proverbial uh, hamster wheel. I kept going around and around and saying, "Okay, I'm I'm paying off this debt, and it's a it's a low interest loan, so it's not that big of a deal. It's only." I think it was 2.4% or something like that through Navient back in the day. And I said, but I wasn't making progress. I was paying it off. But at the same time, I wasn't growing a pile of money on the side for saving or for retirement. Um, And one of the things that my parents had passed down to me is that saving for retirement was very important. So I wanted to be able to get to a place where I could put more money aside. But I realized as I was paying down this debt, I was paying somebody else. I wasn't able to pay myself, which is what saving really is.
1: yourself. paying
0: yourself. That's one of the things that they were talking about at a recent conference I was at. That's like the first thing you do pay yourself when you're in business. So, um, you know, the topic of our of our podcast today is obviously financial maturity. And so we have a lot of people that may have issues in their personal life. But what can you define like what does financial maturity mean to you and how do you use that in your business?
2: So financial maturity is not a milestone. It's not a dollar amount. It's not the day you get your first paycheck at your new job. It's not the day you buy that Mercedes you always wanted, or it's not a day where you hit that number in your 401k. Financial maturity is being aware at all stages of your financial life, how much you make, how much you give, how much you spend, and how much you save. Uh, So that's what we define as financial maturity in the sense that it's a growth process which all maturity is a growth process whether it's socially mature or you know a little kid learns that they can't throw their food across the table at a crowded restaurant
1: um, or if it's
2: financially mature for those of us over the working age of 18.
1: (laughs) right okay yeah that's yeah
0: i mean personal growth we all go through that i think and they come at different stages so um yeah. So like you, have you've done it in your personal life and now you've turned it into like what you do for your business. And can you talk a little bit about how those parallels that you've learned in your personal financial maturity and how those like crossover into now your business and decisions that you make?
2: Absolutely, Um, and from a very basic standpoint, I I had a consultation yesterday with someone who is not budgeting in their personal life and they're not budgeting in their business life. So from a very basic standpoint, if you're not financially mature with the dollars that someone else is paying you, and then all of a sudden you start your own business and you've gotta pay yourself, you might not be responsible with those dollars that you're paying yourself. One of my first questions for her was, how much are you paying yourself? Are you paying yourself weekly? Are you paying yourself? And just having that schedule um, instead of having a, a corporate or a large company, a medium sized company be your employer and they're paying you weekly or they're paying you every other week or they're paying you the first or the 15th, you have to pay yourself as you pointed out. So from a very basic standpoint, uh, just being able to add yourself to the payroll process, pay yourself first um, and continue your business with the money that you're that's coming in is a sign of financial maturity. Mm-hmm. Uh, on a more, on a deeper level, I think a sign of financial maturity is um, making sure the numbers work. Uh, Sometimes we want the numbers to work, but they're not going to work. (laughs) Sometimes it's a matter of simple addition and subtraction. Um, So being able to sit there and say, I would really love to purchase this new tool and it's $40 a month. Um, Oh, but look at the upgraded package. It's $80 a month and I could use this, this and this. Okay, well, let's go back to the $40 a month. How does this fit in my budget? If you don't have a business budget, how do you know if it fits? How do you know what those numbers are? Um, And if you have a business budget, you're able to look at it quickly and say, okay, I've brought on two new clients in the last couple months. Those clients, if they continue business with me, will pay for this tool. Uh, But if you don't know how many clients you have, what they're paying, what your income is going to be six months down the road, and sometimes we do forecast six months down the road, even if we have a type of business where the client might fall off, we might bring on new clients, um, but just having that ability to sit back and say, okay, wait, before I purchase this, is this the best move? Is this going to fit into my business budget? And the same thing goes for your personal budget as well.
0: Yeah, I can I can definitely, I went through that this morning. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and it's like, oh, that tool is only 40 bucks for a lifetime. But then you're, you look at all the features and you're like, I'm probably gonna need to upgrade and that's like triple the price so you're like maybe i don't do that so um i you know on that note um you know you talked about budgeting and and you know i think the word budget like scares a lot of people because it means oh yeah themselves so how do you help others like come over that fear of like talking about money because i feel that that's where
2: yeah absolutely yeah, the, the majority of people who contact me are kind of in a spot where they know they have to make a change. So they're they're motivated to make a change. They just don't know what that change is going to be um, for everybody else out there who has not contacted me <laughs> from a business or a personal standpoint. Um, budget is not a four letter word. A budget is not telling you what you can't do. A budget is telling you what you can do. A great example of someone I'm currently working with right now is. Um, She didn't have the numbers written down on paper, but she knew that she needed to save some money. Well, she did what we call going scorched earth. She eliminated all fun from her budget. And I think that's what people think budgeting is. I'm actually working with her right now to bring back in a fun money category, an entertainment money category, a new clothing. She said, I haven't bought new clothes in four years. I haven't bought anything in four years. And so we can't do that to ourselves. It's, it's, it would be the same as starting a no-carb diet when we've been raised Italian eating pasta every night of our lives. <laughs> right? It's not going to work. Yeah. So instead of going scorched earth, which is what I think people in their head think of when mm-hmm. they think of budgeting, it's not scorched earth. It's breaking down the income that you have coming in mm-hmm. and applying it to different categories and keeping a life we don't want you to wake up one morning and say i haven't bought a new shirt in four years that's crazy i would like you to be able to buy a new shirt every four years (laughs) so i think people think budget is scorched earth i you can't do anything more you're eating bread and water i'm never going to see the inside of a restaurant sometimes when people are in grave really 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 bad debt we will take a step back from some of that stuff but if you're spending you know if you're a single person in san diego and you're spending over 500 a month in restaurants it is probably something we're going to look at peeling back but if you're spending nothing in restaurants i'm probably going to look at you and say let's get you to the movies once a month let's right. get you to go out with friends once a month let's take this money that you're bringing in and have some fun with it because that you know god intended us to have some fun with this money that we're making
0: right uh,
1: so um for example, if you meet a person that's making a hundred thousand dollars per year, mm-hmm. and spend all their money just because of. You know, for example, here in San Diego, you know, living costs is a high is high out here, and taxes, and then also um, just things a little bit more or, or more expensive. And then you meet this person that half their pay goes towards living expenses, but then the other half they spend on like car payments. Maybe they have like a really nice car that they don't need uh you know high insurance on that and then gas maybe it's a gas guzzler and then um they want to eat just organic food all the time and uh very you know shop at whole foods only so like what do you do with someone like that and then they spend the rest of their money on partying or just going out with friends or traveling like, what do you do with a person like that? Mm-hmm.
2: So, hundred thousand dollars for, let's say, the person is single in San Diego is more than enough to live off of. So, I'm going to take your exact example and say that that person is spending fifty percent of their income on their housing. We actually have percentages. I taught a budget workshop at Downtown Works uh, last week, and one of the one the one thing that was photographed the most in the presentation was the slide where I showed what are the percentages. What should you be spending? Out of your income. In that presentation, those calculations through the program through which I'm certified tells us you shouldn't be spending more than 25 percent of your income on housing. If anybody who's watching this is doing a budget, they know there is no way you can live in San Diego and spend only 25 percent of your income on housing. So we make adjustments for areas like San Diego, Los Angeles, New York. So what I said in that meeting was take this percentage with a little bit of a grain of salt. Take the gas percentage with a little bit of a grain of salt because we have the highest gas taxes in the country in California. But if we're talking over 40% of your income is going to your housing, now we're getting into a problem territory. So with this person that you gave me an example of, I would say to them, Hey, where are you living that it's taking 50% of your income? Well, I have two bed, two bath in Kearney Mason. It's a brand new construction and it's 2,400 a month. well, You're a single person, we might be downgrading to a one-bed, one-bath. Now, that might seem rash to some people, but if it's not necessary or they just didn't do their research and finding they really wanted a two-bedroom because I'm from the East Coast, I have people visit me all the time, I want that second bedroom. There might be other areas, for example, like Claremont, where it is cheaper. And you might be in a duplex versus an apartment house, but we would have to make that concession. Another great example that you pointed out is the car. The gas guzzler, again, highest gas taxes in the country in San Diego. Yay! <laughs> and so maybe we look at the car and we downgrade car. Now the other thing we do instead of just taking those percentages on top of that is we develop what we call the four walls. So we have uh, food, shelter, transportation, and utilities. That those are our four walls. That's how we prioritize a budget. So anybody out there is looking to start their budget today? Take those four things and prioritize those. The reason transportation is prioritized is we want you to be able to get to and from your work. Your income is your most powerful wealth building tool. So transportation is prioritized so that you can get to and from work to get that income. Obviously shelter, food and utilities kind of explain themselves.
0: Mm-hmm. Right. Definitely. So you break it down very simply. I mean,
1: mm-hmm. uh, well, cause it is simple, but it's hard to manage people. Mm-hmm get stuck in their spending behaviors mm-hmm. that it's like one of those, it's, it's a hard habit to break, you know, especially yeah. when you're accustomed to a certain lifestyle.
2: Absolutely. The number one category that uh, my clients here in in San Diego, and I work with people uh, across the other side of the country. I've got a couple of clients in uh, New York and Connecticut and mm-hmm. someone uh, in Maryland. We've got a, we've got a meeting today. And uh, the, the difference with California, I don't want to say the difference, but the difference with California is the cost of housing, especially San Diego and gas, but across the board, across the country, everyone is spending too much money going out to eat. <laughs> yeah.
0: Um, that's definitely a, a huge problem, I think. And it's, it's a social thing and it's all the new restaurants coming up and, you know, you're getting marketed to on social media and you need to go to this place and that place looks cool and their brunch is awesome. And you know, <laughs> yeah. really, really difficult. Um, so you know, you talk about, you know, working with people across the country and whatever, like have you come across a,
2: a situation where someone is uncoachable. Mm-hmm. And yes, absolutely. I, uh, I had an unfortunate uh, situation here in San Diego where I met with someone who was a friend of a friend and um, they basically said that they were not going to pay their debts and i hate to break it to you guys as much as we would all love to wake up one morning and say that's it i'm not paying taxes that's it i'm not paying my debts there is a part of this that is moral and ethical right and i would not work with someone no matter where they are in the country other countries if what they were asking me to approve of them doing with their budget was immoral or unethical um so that person had taken out a loan and strategically decided I'm just not gonna pay this back. They can come after me. So in that particular situation, I deemed that person uncoachable at the time. Everybody can change. Everybody makes their decisions on a daily basis. That person could change. Um, but I chose not to work with that person. And I think a lot of us in small business, we have to, Marissa, you love to say this. I heard you say this yeah. in one of your business panels recently. We know when we're in yellow flag city. Yeah. And if you let yourself get to red flag city, that's
0: your own fault. <laughs> yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yellow flags all day. If Someone says that. Yeah.
2: Yep.
0: I mean, it, and it's part, you know, also understanding, even if you are wanting their money, if they're paying you top dollar, like you have to be able to like, can you go home at night and be okay with the decisions that you're coaching them on? And will that come back to you? later. Right. As business
2: owners, we all, we're all human. We all have to be able to sleep at night. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. Sleep is very important. (laughs) I can agree. Um, So, you know, getting into, you know, you mentioned that you are from the East coast. um, And so can you tell us, I mean, you talked about what your professional background is in. Um, Can you talk about a little bit about how you got started doing your own business? Like, you you've been in business what like less than a year now and mm-hmm. what is your how's your first 6 months going so to say yeah
2: so i've been kind of coaching privately part time on the side whatever you want to call it kind of the same way a lot of people start their businesses. I never started it as a true, what people would define as a a side hustle. It wasn't this thing where I was like, all right, I'm going to build this thing up. And one day I'm going to quit my job. Mm -hmm. It was one of those things that I woke up one morning and I had the ability, thank God, financially to say, I don't like what I'm doing anymore. I'm going to do this full time. And so literally, I, I quit my job, I signed up for the training, I went through the training process, it was a lot of classes. Um, mm-hmm. Part of our preferred coaching status requires us to go through an interview process. Um, so even if you finish the training, it doesn't mean you get to be a preferred coach. Uh, preferred coaching also includes continuing education, we're on a minimum of two conference calls, if not four conference calls a month,
0: mm-hmm. uh,
2: so that we know we have the most up to date information for our clients is one of the examples would be. Our tax laws changed dramatically two years right. ago, a year and a half ago. So mm-hmm. um, those are things that we, are getting co- We the coaches, are getting coached on constantly.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, but my first uh, six months, I would say, I actually came out of the gate pretty fast. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and let me tell you, I'm sure there's someone out there who's thought this. You kind of sit back and you go, oh, this is easier than I thought. <laughs> yeah. And then you experience the inevitable downturn or the inevitable slowdown, whatever you want to call it. And I've already experienced my first slowdown. Um, A lot of people look at financial coaching, um, personal trainers. There's like a time and a place for that. And over the summer, a lot of people don't want to think about that stuff. Yeah. They don't want to think about continuing with their personal trainer. They kind of put it off for a few months, go on their Disney vacations, and then they're like, oh, crap, now the holidays are here. I got to go see my personal trainer. And sure enough, they're back in the gym January 1st, right, Chris? How many of those people do you see at the gym yeah. January 1st? And you're like, I can't wait till these people leave.
1: <laughs> yeah, that is happens all the time, like January and then. End of February, March, it starts to fade off. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. End of
2: Fe- I think you're being generous. Those people are gone by January thirty first. Okay. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so- okay I-, I was talking to someone yesterday, actually. Uh, mm-hmm. you Who was it? I-, I forgot who it was, but it's was- it's about saving money, actually. Mm-hmm. Oh okay. And uh, uh, they're like, oh, uh, when I turn, uh, when I turn, uh, uh- I forgot how old they're turning. But like she, she was like, when I turn this age, uh, then I'll start working. Yeah, out. no, no, then I'll start um, saving money. I'm like, no, well, it's start now. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Not, like you, you don't wait till next year when you're a certain age, or you don't wait till. Uh, like I, I've, I'm, I'm, I'm guilty of that too. Yeah. You know. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've done that. There's right. no
0: right. I think it's just.
2: Right. It sometimes. Usually I hear when way. I,
1: yeah, when I make a hundred
2: thousand, when I make 120, then I'll start saving. Usually it's a right. dollar amount people have in their head. Yeah, oh, yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Or I'll start budgeting when I get to a
2: certain right. amount per month. Or like,
1: My favorite is,
2: I, I don't need yeah. to budget. I, I don't make enough money to budget. <laughs> uh,
1: yeah, because it's not about the money, it's about the right. percentage. Yeah. Exactly. Right. That's percentage. That's what. I think is very important here. You know, like you can make a hundred thousand dollars, spend it all, but, or you can make a hundred thousand dollars and save, or you can make $30,000, but save more than a person that, yeah. makes 000, you know, totally. 100%. If, yeah. If you just plan your finances out correctly. Um,
0: mm-hmm. So what, so you talk about, you know, downturns and, you know, the ups and downs. So if someone's, gonna make 2020 their year and like I'm gonna and I'm gonna budget like now is the time to talk to you? Is there like a process of like getting things in line to then be ready to do it in January or like what how does that work? I mean like I guess you know what what's when they first start working with you like when can they see like some of their hard work or budgeting actually take you know start working mm-hmm.
2: or Yeah. So I would say a good, when I'm working with couples, um, I usually tell them to a lot, a minimum of three of our sessions, sometimes four to getting that budget locked in. Um, There are some couples who are more on the same page where it's (coughs) okay, good. We've got the budget. I they show up to the second session. Like, okay, we're done now. We just need to implement it. Um, But a lot of times, you know, Opposites attract in marriage and relationships and friendships, and you might have a different idea about what to do with your money than your spouse does. Um, so, for I usually say for married couples, the minimum of three sessions until we nail that budget down. Um, three sessions can mean once every two weeks, once a week, once a month, if you want to give a little more time in between to kind of let life happen, so mm-hmm. you can see what you missed in your budget. Right. Um, one of the people who coaches the coaches always says. It takes a good 90 days to get your budget under control, and it does take a 90 days to get it under control. But it takes a whole year to remember what you what you're paying for, right. and what are those things that come up on an annual basis? For example, I completely forgot my Amazon Prime membership this year. Yeah, completely forgot. Yeah, I paid in August. Yeah. All of a sudden came out and I had to go back into my budget. It was like August 11th or something like that. And I had to go back into my budget and say, oh, crap, it's $130. And I now have to build it back into my budget. Yeah. So it really does truly take a whole year to remember, okay, every year with the kids need a new soccer uniform. Every year the kids go on this particular field trip in January. Oh, Christmas pictures cost a lot of money. So there's a lot of that kind of stuff. And you need a lot of the reason behind my company name is you need to give yourself grace with that stuff. You can't beat yourself up over one or two missed transactions, one or two missed budgeting items. That's why for the first several months we put a miscellaneous category. There are people who've been done budgeting forever and still have a miscellaneous category because something always comes up. You get invited to a birthday party. You get invited to a baby shower. You have the inevitable gift you have to buy. Um, you know, I, I need a new piece for my motorcycle. It's going to cost me 75 bucks, you know. So <laughs> there's inevitably something that pops up that might be under $250, and you can manipulate your budget that month. You don't have to go into the emergency fund.
0: Right. Yeah, emergency fund. It, it's emergency for emergencies, not for that that brunch you want to take
1: next Exactly, week. exactly. Damn!
0: Sorry, I'm going to brunch next week. Every Sunday, nice try,
1: Chris. Every Sunday, mimosas and pancakes. Oh my god!
0: Almost <laughs> person, but
2: whatever.
0: <laughs> okay, yeah, so
1: I
2: would say it takes a good three months to get a budget under control. And if you're looking to really be able to, you know, we have a budgeting tool we use. If you're looking to be able to wake up January first and open that tool, which is an app, it's on your computer, it's on paper. Um, and say, all right, this is it. This is the year I get my money under control. I would say now is definitely the time to start doing that. You know, with a, with a session before Thanksgiving, one right after in between Thanksgiving and Christmas. Um, a lot of, actually, believe it or not, I've got a lot of people right now saying, Hey, you help me figure out how I'm going to pay for Christmas presents. <laughs> yeah, You're like, uh. So even though it's the holidays and everyone's busy, there's no bad time to start. And if you exactly. want to do three sessions before January 1st, you could totally get them in right now and wake up January 1st and say, all right, my budget is in place. And we are ready to go. And we are going to win this year with money instead of waking up next December 31st and saying, where did all that money go?
0: Yeah, I think that, um, sorry, my laptop's about to die. So I need to... <laughs> But I think that goes in with like proper planning and like being okay and being mature enough to understand that you need to put these things in place and you're going to want to celebrate the holidays with your friends and family and not be stressed out about money. So why not start now? Or, you know, marketing like people right now are coming to me and we're having conversations about January Mm -hmm. and the plan is for next, you know, next year. And it's, you know, I want to take some time off during the holidays to be with my family. I don't want to be stressed out and like you know everyone gets in that lull mode, you know. And Mm -hmm. I think proper planning and guidance that that could be done. Mm -hmm.
2: No
1: question. I was curious about like the demographics that you're finding with the people you coach or or. uh... Oh,
2: I literally have a client right now who are making two hundred fifty thousand dollars a year and have never budgeted before all the way to the student, the recent student graduate, who's making maybe 65 and is paying off six figures in student loans. Um, I, I know in business, what do we always ask each other when we get to a networking event, right? We say, oh, who's your ideal client? Who yeah. can I refer to you? <laughs> I, I hate saying this because I know a lot of marketing people will cringe. My ideal client is anyone who has a paycheck. Yeah. Yeah. Same. <laughs> <laughs> So there really is no anybody who has money coming. And actually, that's not even true. I have a client right now, who, uh, two clients right now, who unfortunately were on medical disability for a period of time. Both do, completely separate, both due to work incidents. And they technically, according to the government, they have an income, but it's social security dis- or disability income. And so we those people, of course, you, you and me are going to say to ourselves, oh, well, those people need to budget more because they're bringing in less money. How about that couple that's making quarter of a mil a year, right. and and they're no, and I'll tell you guys this they're nowhere near close to getting that budget under control. You know it really doesn't matter what the person's making, who the person is, what field they're in, if they have six figures in student loans, which by the way is the norm now, um, and pretty scary. Um, it's the, there are there are a few one client I have who has more in student
1: loans than in a mortgage. Damn. Wow. Yeah. I know a few people that have like a yeah. million or so in debt.
2: Yeah. Know. So it's really, there really is no demographic, Chris. Unfortunately, I hate to be that one, but you know, that one business owner who says I can work with every, everyone, but
1: <laughs> oh, no, I meant like, is it more males or is it more females that you find? Like, Oh, yeah.
2: um,
1: like, the, no, I'd say it's 50, 50. Like who picks it up faster?
2: Uh, <laughs> um, I would say it's 50, 50. And, it really depends on who is more really the motivating circumstances. Mm -hmm. If the person does, if that, if we have that person who, for example, that person who has more in student loans than in a mortgage, she is just like ready to go. She is like, get rid of this. How can we do this super fast? What have Mm -hmm. I been doing wrong this whole time? Let's flip the script. Let's take my budget and you tell me what I've been doing because what I've been doing is not working. I still have six figures in student loans and I have a house that's almost paid for. Um, so there's that person. But then at the same time, I had a, I had a gentleman in the military who just came back from being overseas and he was like, all right, let's do this. I'm finally back on us soil and I have all this money from, you know, putting myself on the front line overseas and I want to make this work for me. So I don't want to make a mistake. I want to get this fixed as soon as possible. I want to get everything, you know, kind of set it and forget it. Where should I put this? Where should I put this? How much should I be putting in my TSP, which is the military equivalent of a 401k? So really, it really depends on the motivating circumstances for everybody. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Yeah. So have you, um, I know you've done a lot of like personal work one-on-one. Have you crossed over into like consulting businesses or is that just kind of like an after effect of what you're doing (coughs) and what you're guiding people through?
2: Um, not specifically, I'm not marketing to um, consult for businesses, but I do have a handful of clients right now who are small business owners. And that just comes with the territory of the kind of the circles that you and we, the three of us run in. Right. Mm -hmm. So I've got a handful of small business owners right now who are saying, not only do I want to get my personal stuff set up, but I want to get my business stuff set up. Can you help me with that? And yes, I can. I can absolutely help with the business side of things. Um, the business budget is just as important as the personal budget.
0: Right. I definitely yeah. agree on
1: that. Big time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know some, like, uh, for example, some people that are solopreneurs, you know, but they want the business to grow, but they take all the money that they make. They don't really plan it out. It happens all the time. I, I think that's why a lot of businesses fail too, is that the budget, like, they don't, they don't plan it out. Plan it out. Great. <laughs> for example, WeWork right now. Yeah. Have you seen anything going on about WeWork? oh yeah it's crazy yeah yeah i <laughs> didn't plan it out you know like right. just, yeah well yeah. i think uh, well, they made it may have thought they planned it up probably just called the wrong people and mm-hmm. you know,
0: when i and um when i was at the conference last week for quickbooks um ashton kutcher said you have to be able to be savvy enough to know when you need to outsource things so like you have to be savvy enough and that Comes along with like looking at the numbers, you know, like looking at your budget, and that can be a simple. Like people think accounting is like, oh my god, this huge big thing, and like I can't deal. I can't hire an accountant, but like if you have a budget to start off, your accountant will love you once you're ready to hire them, right? Oh, yeah. Know <laughs> what you're coming in, and then you know, okay, this is coming in, and I'm gonna outsource this because I just don't have the time, or mm-hmm. like, you know, and that's I think financial maturity. It goes. Right falls under that umbrella of knowing when to be like, okay, I'm just going to pay someone else to do this because it's easier for me to just focus on growth or focus on creation or whatever their like genius is. Right. So,
2: well, yeah, one of the bigger things uh, I think outsourcing would probably be number one for business owners, but then number two is how do I know if I'm scalable? Right. How do I know if I can bring on that full-time employee instead of continuing to outsource my social media and that kind of thing? Hey, am I at that place where I can bring on a full-time employee? Is this business really scalable? And that's something I'm working with a couple people right now to see if they can uh, take the next step in their business. And instead of just outsourcing the little things, bring on a full-time employee and really start to grow the business exponentially.
0: Right. Right. Exactly. And well, yeah, I mean, I could talk numbers. Now that I went to that QuickBooks conference, (laughs) all about numbers and can I fit it into my budget and can I afford this tool? But um, I want to take a little bit of a turn and ask you, uh, we always do, you know, you've provided us with a lot of valuable information when it comes to financial maturity, but I want to ask you that one random question that we have today. um, And speaking of Budgeting. we're going to tie it in a little bit. So if you could live anywhere with an unlimited budget, you don't have a cap on what you spend on your monthly expenses or whatever, um, and you can still do what you do,
2: where would you live and why? Uh. that is a great question, Uh, Mm -hmm. kind of something I'm struggling with personally a little bit down the road. My husband is active duty Navy. So at some point we are going to have to move um, and we will either, you know, in certain situations, we won't have a choice. Right. The Navy will tell us where we're going. But then after that, in a few years, when he's done, where are we going to go? And we're actually starting to talk about that stuff right now. Mm -hmm. Um, Two of the places we kind of zoomed in on already um, are either Texas or Tennessee. Uh, if anybody familiar with state income tax, you'll know that both of those states do not have that. (laughs) So you get to keep more of your money. Um, but if I could live anywhere with an unlimited budget, not taking the budget into consideration, (sighs) I think I might stay in San Diego. Uh, I know I'm crazy. I know, I know. The, uh, not crazy.
0: Yeah. You did something right. Right.
2: Right. Exactly. Yeah. The reason would be probably, um, you know, the climate. I grew up in New York and in the summer it gets humid and I hate humidity. People think I leave New York. I left New York because of the cold. No, I left New York because of the humidity, actually. I can deal with snow all day long. I can't deal with humidity, which is hilarious. If you think about me saying I'm going to move to Tennessee or Texas, that's hilarious.
0: Well, taxes or humidity, which one? Right.
2: Exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I guess I I guess I am more anti-taxes than I am anti-humidity. I never thought about it that way.
0: <laughs> well, you're welcome. Great. Right. <laughs> Make sure you quote us in your book or whatever. Yes. Just kidding. Um, so, yeah. So if, um, you know, you gave us a lot of information, like I said, um, I'm going to wrap it up here because I know that your time is valuable. Um, But if someone wants to connect with you, they can go to your website, Grace Financial Coaching, Mm and they can also get a free consultation,
2: right? That's it. So on the website, there will be a link to request a consultation, and it'll send you to a Calendly invite for a 40-minute free consultation um, to make sure that, one, um, coaching is right for you. Two, I am the right coach for you, whether you're – specific situation, be personal, business, both, mm-hmm. um, individual, married, family, I'm actually coaching somebody right now, and we're including her two teenage daughters, which is super exciting. Awesome. Um, yeah, it's really cool to see. And um, you'll be able to figure out if, if we're the right people to work together, if you're ready for coaching. Um, and then also, um, one of the things we, we ask people is, um, are you going to stay faithful and available and teachable to the process? Not just to me. Obviously, I want everyone who works with me to feel very comfortable. But are you going to be um, a student of the process? Because it is a process. And one of the things that um, with a budget is once you have this budget set up, which is you know why I alluded to it, taking maybe three to four sessions to get that budget really nailed down. Once that's nailed down, it changes very little. Yeah. Even if you change jobs, even if you end up having another kid, even if you get a third car, it actually changes very little once you have the format nailed down. Mm-hmm. And once you have it nailed down, it's just a continuous process of clicking a button on the software that we use. Um, if you'd like to use it and just saying, here's December. Okay. Now let's click January. Okay. Well, there's no Christmas presents in January. So just delete that line. But the majority of the budget stays the same. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's really eye-opening um, for people to see where their money is going. And I think that is, the budgeting process, learning the budgeting process, developing your budget is the probably the the biggest thing anybody will walk away with if they employ a financial coach. Again, personal or business, getting that budgeting, that budgeting muscle working is is gonna make a huge difference in your personal and your business life.
0: Yes, I, I definitely agree.
1: Awesome.
0: <laughs> I've been there, so Chris, you gotta get on it.
1: Okay. Well, what?
0: Get on with Suzanne. <laughs> no, just get on your coach. Be a student. There
1: you go. Yeah, I'd love to. I mean, I always am an advocate for saving money mm-hmm. and really trying to get ahead in life financially. Mm-hmm. An advocate for financial freedom.
0: Thank you. There you go. Financial freedom, financial maturity, all of that. Right. right. All about that. So thank you, Chris. Do you have any last
1: Uh, words, I guess just one thing before leaving this podcast, what would you like to tell people? Like one Mm -hmm. thing that they can take away from you, Mm -hmm. like a free piece of knowledge. Oh, hmm. there's so much stuff.
2: (laughs) I would say the one thing would be the one little nugget of knowledge that I'm going to give out today is if you are going to start budgeting for yourself, for either personal or business, figure out your four walls. It's very easy to do for your personal budget. We already talked about it. What are your four walls for your business? What are your four walls for your business budget? What are the four things you cannot continue in your business life financially speaking without? It for Marissa, it might be a specific tool that she's using mm-hmm. to create content or to push out content for her clients. Mm-hmm. What is that? What are those four things that you can't continue doing your business without? Put yeah. those things down, prioritize those and then move on from there. You might actually find that there's stuff you're paying for that you really actually don't need. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
0: Oh, yeah. Especially being a tool junkie, I'm like, oh, tools. <laughs> oh, yeah. But I'd say strong Wi-Fi. So wherever. <laughs> a laptop. Yeah. I really need a laptop. I think that's my four-wall one yeah. thing. I mean. Absolutely.
1: Yeah. I need a laptop and a tissue box for all the times I've shed a tear. <laughs>
0: Business. <laughs> that could totally be something else, but okay. <laughs> Nice laptop and a tissue box. There you go.
2: That's our takeaway from today, guys. Congratulations.
0: <laughs> all righty. Uh, thank you, Thanks. Suzanne, for your time. Um, if anyone wants to connect with her, go to Grace Financial Coaching, like on the screen down there. Mm-hmm. Free consultation, uh, forty minutes. That's a long consultation, so you'll get all you need to uh, um, for your financial maturity. So, thank you again.
2: Exactly.
0: Awesome, guys. Great talking to you. This is the Business AF Podcast, where it's all business most of the time. You can listen on iTunes, Google, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. You can subscribe to us on YouTube at businessafpod.com. If you like what you hear and you want to let people know, don't forget to tag us using hashtag businessaf.